Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and today we are going to be getting into the mind-body connection and all the importance of it, so stay with me. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Welcome back. So today I wanted to talk about the mind-body connection, and I recently talked about living with intention with the body, and then I talked about living with intention with the mind, and today I'm going to kind of bring it all together because it really came to me um, this past weekend. I was thinking about how where our mind is is then shown through the body. And this really is in connection with um, what I do for a living. So if you don't know, I am also a channel and a psychic and a medium and intuitive life coach and a medical medium and all of these things. And I am constantly using my body or spirit is using my body to relay messages to my clients. And whether you believe in this or not, if you think it's weird, if you if you don't agree with it, it, it does not matter to me. What matters is that maybe you get some sort of takeaway from it. And so the way that I work with spirit and um, like medical intuition and all that good stuff is that, you know, spirit and um, people that have passed or maybe even in a psychic reading I am constantly getting messages through my body that are a message. So for example, if if um, spirit starts messing with kidney pain, then either that person might have kidney pain or kidney issues, or they might be dealing with fear. If they start making my stomach sick, this person might have a stomach issue, literally, Or they might be having a situation with courage and fear, a different type of fear in their life, like fear of moving forward. If they start activating my right leg, I know that either that person has right leg pain or right leg issues and or are having a difficulty moving forward in their life. And so the the spirit, spirit uses my body as a form of communication, which is fascinating. And also when I when I'm doing uh, medical intuitive work. Um, the body stores or uses pain to deflect or detract or distract um, people from emotions that they are unwilling to or are incapable of dealing with. Okay. So how that looks is that, um, Say, for example, I'm, I'm going to give you a wonderful example in my life as to how that this has played out. So personal story, um, when we were deciding, when my husband was deciding that we were not going to have a fifth child, because let me tell you what, I was all in on having a fifth, okay, because I'm crazy <laughs> or was anyways. Um, now, in hindsight, I'm very glad that we did not have a fifth kid, but he was like, we're good. We're done. You know, four is plenty. And, um, so then we were going forward medically 
to ensure that we did not have any more children. And as we were making that decision, I started having back pain. And when I tell you I started having back pain, I couldn't lift my right leg up because my lower back pain was so profound. Like to get in the shower, my husband had to lift my legs to step into the shower. I'll never forget it. We lived in Jersey at the time. And then he was taking me all week long to the chiropractor to try to get like those electric stimulations, yada, yada. So long story short, um, Jim goes through with the procedure so that we do not have any more children. I am still in profound back pain, but it starts to dissipate after um, the medical procedure is done and there's no more stress. There's no more thing for me to think about, right? There's no more like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. It's already done. And even thinking about it right now is just like giving me like heart palpitations. Um, and so my body did not want to move forward because I remember it was my right leg. I just couldn't pick it up. I just wanted to lay in bed all day long and just like zone out. I remember the doctors giving me like muscle relaxers. And at the time, that's when they were like just throwing Oxycontin at you. And um, I remember taking one Oxy and I was like, I don't know what that was, but that did not feel right. Um, it just what made me want to sleep. So I remember the way that my back had taken on all of that emotion, right? Because maybe I didn't want to fight with my husband. Maybe I didn't want to move forward with not having a, more kids. Like all of that stuff was being, this is before I did this job, right? This is before I knew how to do all this stuff. Um, and really learned about all this stuff. And all of that had taken um, hold in my lower back. And we see that these emotional escapes um, travel in packs. And I talk about this with clients all the time so that they can understand how profound and how real this is. If you remember back in the 1990s, everybody had an ulcer. And then it was like, what, the 2000s, everybody had um, carpal tunnel syndrome. And now everybody has plantar fasciitis, right? Um, these things travel in packs. Why? Why does illness travel in packs? Because your brain looks around and sees all of the, all of the other people like, oh my gosh, that person has plantar fasciitis. Is this in the front of our minds? No, we are not doing this on purpose. No, we are not choosing to lay in bed all week. No, I was not choosing to be in pain. This is not, there's nothing, there's no benefit from it except for, except for the fact that you are given a logical, reasonable, acceptable reason to check out of society. You are given a reason. You are given um, a way. Until in our society, we come up with mental health days um, where we can be vulnerable and say, I am literally dying at the idea of not having another baby. This is killing me. I'm so sad about it. And we get really comfortable with saying things like that. We are going to continue to have medical problems that are being caused by emotional inability to deal with stress. 
the emotional inability to deal with um, pain and fear and sadness as it comes up. Because not everything happens in real time, as we know. Some past traumas come up in memories 20 years later. And when that happens, um, it, it can paralyze a person, literally. I have a family member who completely went mute um, because of trauma, completely mute for the rest of this person's life, did not speak. Um, there are people that um, illness, uh, or sorry, trauma and emotional pain um, can make a person go blind. So let's talk about how does this happen medically? How does this happen? Well, right now your heart is beating, your lungs are breathing because your brain is giving information to your body to do those things. Nothing is happening in your body um, without somehow talking to the spinal cord, which is then talking to the brain. The brain is in constant, like, that's why when someone is brain dead, um, they have to be put on life support to continue their, their physical life. So everything in your body is happening because your brain is telling it to. Now, the fact that they got rid of in the um, medical or sorry, the psychological books, as far as I know, it's still not, is still taken out. It used to be called psychosomatic, which means that your brain is causing a psychosomatic physical illness in the body, right? Again, going um, blind, going deaf, unable uh, to speak things of that nature, um, where the brain has caused an illness in the body. For a while, they got rid of it. I don't know if it's still gone. Don't quote me. And so um, this is very problematic because the brain is responsible for everything, literally everything. And we now are seeing that people can control their heart rate with their mind and meditation. Um, you can cure. People have been talking about curing themselves through meditation and mindfulness and this is being documented. So this is not something new and it's not something that's going away. And so, um, you know, the brain is responsible for the body. Well, Dr. Candace Pert wrote a couple books, one of them being the mind-body connection, another one, um, the molecules of emotion. She is the one that discovered T-cells when she was a... Um, scientist for the government. She has now passed away. Unbelievable person. If you want to read some amazing books, look up the author Candace Pert, P-E-R-T. And she was really a, you know, a, a forefront um, scientist and discoverer of the mind-body connection in a very scientific way, um, not woo-woo, right? And she discovered that what the brain does is it sends these inflammation cells from the brain to the body, right? And this happens in very important ways. So let's say, for example, when I missed a step, walking down the stairs carrying bottles um, and broke my ankle, the first thing that my brain did was rush inflammation to that ankle. It's like, oh my gosh, Meredith's in trouble. She just broke her ankle. We need to send fluid to her ankle immediately, right? And so 
she discovered that the brain was sending this these uh, particles, these, this, this inflammation to different parts of the body. And she started to learn that through emotion, the brain was sending these particles of inflammation to different parts of the body for different reasons. Now, what do we know about the number one killer of humans is born, started with, because of inflammation. Inflammation is the killer. It's the destroyer. And so if the brain is responsible for sending inflammation and inflammation is the number one killer, and if stress is so problematic in our world, think about all the things that is killing humans that is by way of inflammation, starts with inflammation. And if all of this stress and trauma and problems and not dealing with our issues starts with the mind, starts with emotion, starts with not working through and dealing with this trauma and these emotions, you can see why the brain's like, Okay, brain, brain's, brain is taking over now because Meredith is not dealing with pain. Meredith is not dealing with trauma. And so she needs a break. Meredith needs a break. So what we're going to do is we're going to send inflammation to her entire lower back so that she can check out because she can tell her husband, hey, I can't walk, right? I can't walk or I can't move. I can't come into work today. My, I, I threw my back out, right? And so when we throw our back out, what do we get? What do we get to do? We get to lay in bed. We get to tell our boss, hey, something happened. I threw my back out. I can't get out of bed. I can't move my legs. And your brain goes, oh, thank God we get a break. Because that woman was never ever going to talk about her pain. She was never going to talk about her sadness, about not having another baby. She was never going to be vulnerable enough, but she needs a break. So we're going to let her go lay in bed for a week and we're going to give her a really good excuse, which is that she can't walk because she threw her back out. And this is going to go much better than her. It's, it's kind of like um, when I was talking about alcohol, when, when you black out, your blacking out is like your brain going, okay, this person's going to keep drinking until they literally die. So what we're going to do is we're going to black out so that we can kind of retain everything, maybe slow them down from continuing to drink. So like when the brain takes over and gives you this physical reason as to why you can't um, participate in society. It's kind of like your brain is like blacking you out from moving forward, be it through illness or whatever. And again, this isn't on purpose. People don't get um, ulcers on purpose, but their brain knows that they need it. Their brain knows that they need to check out. Their brain knows they need a socially and acceptable societally acceptable reason to check out. Because if you called your boss today and said, hey, I'm stressed out. 
I just need to take a couple of days off. At least in America, that's not okay. It's not okay. Not acceptable. You can take PTO, but it's still going to be like, mm, why? It's not acceptable. But if you hurt yourself, right? If you have an ulcer and you can't go out to dinner and you can't be social, you can't drink. You think what was going on in the 90s when everybody had ulcers, right? And so when you look at all of these things and the reason they travel in packs is because your brain is looking around for a way to check out because you won't give it a way to check out. And so your brain gives you a way to check out. And so going back to the beginning of this conversation, the mind is constantly speaking to us. The body is constantly speaking to us. And unfortunately, you know, and I have been very um, into this concept, which is true. All right, let's just start. It is true that you are a spiritual being that is having a physical experience. You are a spiritual entity. You are a spiritual energy that is having a physical experience. Yes, that is true. You are not only your body. You are not only your mind. Okay? So yes, those things are true. However, your body is an extension of that spirit. Your body is a part of, at one with, in alignment with your spiritual being. It is not separate. You are not better than your body. And the crazy thing about this is that we are being led to believe in the spiritual community that we are just this thing that's better than, as people have started to call it, this meat suit that we are occupying. As if there's some detachment that makes us better than being a human. And as I'm on this journey of, you know, I'm, I'm weeks, months at this point away from alcohol and really connecting with my body, the downloads are becoming really apparent that our body is kind of like, um, our body is kind of like our medium. Ooh. Our body is this thing that speaks to us and tells us where we're at. And if we are in tune, in tune enough to decide that we are going to be at one with, in communion with our bodies, that we can listen to it, pay attention to it, and maybe be more aware of what's lying underneath. That maybe our brains aren't ready to or able to deal with quite yet. And they're realizing scientifically, medically, they're realizing that the brain does not store our trauma. The body stores our trauma. When we are abused, when we are traumatized, when we are put in a difficult situation that we cannot deal with, when we have these past issues of life, they are stored as trauma in the body. And that is why we're starting to do so much work with the body, tapping, um, 
you know, I do emotional release work with the, um, the, you know, the acupuncture lines, the meridians. And we see when you do this Eastern uh, medicine, right? You see that uh, when you, when you may have um, helplessness in the body, you might have arm pain. There's so many people that have tennis elbow that have never played tennis in their life. Yeah, you don't have tennis elbow. You feel helpless in a situation. And that is how it's showing itself. I believe that everyone should have a book in their house that talks about the connection between emotions and their body. Huge, huge. You want to talk about breast cancer? Hey, guess what? Men have breasts too. Why don't they get cancer at quite the rate that women do? Well, because the breast is the emotional, physical connection of self-care. Show me a woman and I will show you someone who cares for herself last. If she is in a relationship, if she is a parent, she is the last one to eat. She's the last one to go to bed. She's the last one, period. She is the last one to care for herself and the first one to get breast cancer. And then they say, oh, but it runs in my family. No, lack of self-care runs in your maternal lineage. You learn from your mother to be a martyr, to not take care of yourself, to not ask for help, to be a superwoman, and that that is somehow recognized as awesome in your family. The more you do, the better you are. The more you do, the better a wife you are, right? That's why women are getting breast cancer left and right. They don't have more susceptibility to breast cancer than men. Men have breasts too. But men tend to care for themselves in, a, in an emotional sense, in a sense of like, well, this is what I need right now. I need to watch football all day. So that's what I'm going to do. Women are like, oh, so you want to watch football all day? Hold on, let me make, you know, wings for you and nachos. Invite all your friends over and I'll stand in the kitchen and handle this. But we're starting to learn, which I would be very interested to see how as we move into this era of the female empowerment, the rates of breast cancer going down and they'll probably say, oh, well, people are getting mammograms more. No, they're actually just not killing themselves by way of their families. And they're starting to understand that sleeping, exercise, eating right is more important. Because you see that book, The Body Keeps the Score is true. The body does keep the score. The body keeps the store, score minute by minute, by day, by month, constantly. Constantly. And you see, you ever, you ever have like... Um, you see someone's house and you're like, oh, their house is a disaster. They don't take care of it at all. And so that's kind of a reflection of their life. Or like you see someone with their car and they've got like crap in the back seat piled to the ceiling and you can't even sit in the front seat. And you're like, wow, their life is probably really out of control because their living, you know, space is really out of control, Right. The same goes for the body. The same goes true for the body. I remember I had a friend and she was in the hospital and she was dating this horrible person. 
horrible person. And I told her, I said, you are going to continue to get sick until you get rid of this person. You have to get this person out of your life. They are making you completely sick. And as this person gets get, got rid of that um, partner, then they started to get much better because the stress and the inability to change that stressor and fix that stressor and continue to deal with that stressor day in and day out and week out, it was making this person very, very ill. And so just like your house, your car, your living experience, the way you treat your home is an extension of where you are in your life your body can be looked at in very much the same way. Now, granted, if I walk outside and I get hit by a truck, does that mean I'm probably too distracted to pay attention that a truck is going to hit me? Yes, (laughs) there's that. But I also need to pay attention to, am I giving away my body? Am I abusing my body? Am I taking care of my body? Do I find myself to be important enough Ooh, I love that. Mm. Am I taking enough time to care for me? Am I worthy enough? Am I worthy enough to make myself some fresh fruit? Do I find myself valuable enough to go buy good food for me? and good water for me. Now, granted, sometimes we live in spaces and places that do not have um, healthy, uh, clean water that's uh, accessible to us. And it might be very difficult to get fresh fruit and vegetables and fresh food. But are you worth it? Are you worth looking? Are you worth sleeping eight hours tonight? Are you worth going for a 30-minute walk today? Are you worth that? Are you worth taking care of? You see? You see how you have to make time for you. And then your body is an extension of you finding worth in you. Or are you putting everyone ahead of you? Are you putting your spouse and your children and your job ahead of you? Are you valuing those things outside of you more than you are valuing you? You see, so the body is actually following the value that you hold for you. And the value that you hold for you is how in touch you are with yourself, your spiritual self, your physical extension of self, your mental health, working through past traumas, current traumas. Are you willing to walk away from the abusive relationship? Are you valuable enough to walk away from someone that is abusive to you, be it family, friends, partner, I don't care who it is. Do you value your relationship more than you value you? Do you value that person that is abusive to you more than you value your mental health? 
Because if you are mentally unhealthy because of a relationship, because of a job, because of a living arrangement, that filters right back to your mental health, which filters back to your physical health. There is no separation. There is no separation. You cannot separate it, which is why when we refuse to listen, when we refuse to listen to our bodies, when we refuse to listen, listen to ourselves that say, you have to leave this relationship. This is why kids that can't leave a house, you know, before the age of 18, that are in an abusive relationship with their families, they're in an abusive situation with their families, in their household that is unsafe. This is why we see those kids turn to drugs and alcohol, because it's their only way to escape the abusive situation. It's the only way. So there's something negative going on. And so they want to escape it. And so that they turn to drugs and alcohol because that's the way to escape it. If they've been given no other way, your spirit will find a way in this 3D plane to escape that which does not serve the spirit. Pay attention to that for a second. Your spirit will find a way to detach detach from physical and emotional abuse, even if it comes by way of not being a human anymore. And so you take that for what it's what I'm saying. That's when we see checking out. That's when we see unaliving. When we cannot escape it. When, when the trauma is so deep in our heads, we cannot escape it in our mind's eye. That's when we see this profound, like I think of as I'm sitting here, like Sinead O'Connor, unfortunately, God rest her soul, is she couldn't escape. She couldn't escape it no matter what she did. And she tried her dangdest to escape it and she couldn't. And so she had, she decided that taking the profound escape method was the only way to be back in line with her spirit self. And so this is the progression, right? This is the progression. If we don't deal with that that's living inside of us, the trauma, the pain, um, whatever it is, this, this unhealthy relationship, this unhealthy living situation, this unhealthy job, our body will start to shut down more and be sicker. And then we get into, you know, possibly abusing Think about the fact that, you know, they are now doing studies to prove that Tylenol and Advil not only um, help with um, physical pain, but it also helps with mental pain as well, emotional pain as well. Think about that. So are Tylenol and Advil actually helping with the mental pain, which is then helping with the physical pain? Think about that. Which came first? And now we are learning, which I have known, and there's been many, many information, much information prior to this, but like rheumatoid arthritis, emotional, fibromyalgia, emotional. I had a client years ago who had fibromyalgia. 
She was in a completely abusive relationship. Her entire body was in constant pain, constant pain. Yeah. And it's going to stay that way until you get out of this abusive relationship. But because of the church that she belonged to, was never going to leave him ever. And so she was going to suffer with fibromyalgia the rest of her life. I was just down um, waiting for my daughter to get her nails done for homecoming. It's nice, but God, what a waste of money for like an hour at a dance that no one sees your nails. Anyways, um, and there's a whole clinic that is dealing with psychedelics. It's in this strip mall. I, I've got to go talk to them. I'm fascinated. And um, they are, of course, it's psychedelics. And they are working with patients who have fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis and, you know, uh, alcoholism, addiction issues, depression, anxiety. And they're putting these people in these situations with psychedelics. Why? So that they can connect with the greater sphere of the planet and not be so heavy inside of their emotions and their traumas and go, wait a minute. You mean I can leave all of my traumas in the past and deal with them and it's not the end of the world and I can let them go and, you know, this person's an idiot and I don't need to take it so personally? Yes. Yes, you can. And then you can move forward in your life and you can let go of that because all of this is in the mind, right? And it's stored in the body. And so if we allow ourselves to work through these things, then our body doesn't have to sit there and scream at us to get out of the relationship, scream at us to quit the job. Think about the fact that when kids don't want to go to school, they get stomach aches. They're not making up that stomach ache. They have a stomach ache. hundred percent. They have a stomach ache, but they have a stomach ache because they don't want to go to school because they're totally stressed out. I'm not making up the stomach ache. That is a perfect example of seeing in a child, they are not choosing to have a stomach ache, but they've got one because they don't want to go to school. And you are no different. You have aches and pains and illness and inflammation because you don't want to go to X, Y, Z. But you refuse to make the decision to put yourself first, above the job, above the living situation, above the partnership, above the marriage, above the parental relationship, above the sibling relationship, whatever the hell it is, you're holding on to that so tightly instead of prioritizing you. Because when we don't prioritize ourselves, what happens is, is that we don't get to do what it is that we came to this planet to do inside of this very important body that speaks to us all day long and is not a freaking meat suit, spiritual community. It's not a meat suit. It is an extension of your spirit. It is the by way of. It is the, it is the medium in which your spirit exists on this planet. And I'm so glad that I came into an alignment with that information this weekend. Because when we underestimate the importance of our body, we miss so much. Your body is black, it's white, it's male, it's female. It's, it's in a wheelchair. 
it's big, it's small, it struggles with being fat, with being thin, with having curly hair or straight hair. All of these things are so important to our spiritual growth. They are not this haphazard meat suit. It's you. It's at one with. It's in alignment with. It's completely valuable. It is the extension and the expression of what it is that you are learning on this planet. It's what you came to be for a very specific reason. I look this way for a very spe specific reason. I struggle with my weight for a very specific reason. I am held to a standard of, bitch, you better work out, you better eat right, for a very specific reason. I am held to that. I don't just wake up a size six. I have to work my butt off for it. Why? Why do I have to do that? What would be the reason? What would be the reason of me having to struggle with my weight? How does that benefit me? Well, because for my mental health, it's really good for me to go for an hour walk every day. But because I'm vain as hell, I also am losing weight. So if I'm losing weight and staying healthy, but then the, you know, the, the other part of that is that I'm mentally more healthy. You see how that works? It's like my body's going, if we don't make her chubby, then she won't work out. And we really need her to work out because she's at her best self when she works out. So we're not going to make it easier on her. She needs to really watch what she eats because she needs to be 100%. How does it benefit me to have a wide nose? How does it benefit me to have curly hair that looks kind of decent even if I don't wash it or do it for four days? Well, I can just show up here and not have to worry about my hair being greasy or having to straighten it. It's easy for me to get ready. Why does my nose have to be wide? I don't know because I connect with different groups of people because I look a little ambiguous to some. I love that. Let me be ambiguous. Sign me up. Sign me up. What are you doing with your body? What are you doing with the expression of your spirit that you have chosen to incarnate in this specific way on this specific planet at this specific time? It matters. Stop ignoring it. Stop poo-pooing it. Stop making it as if it's just some sort of like, I don't know, afterthought to your spiritual self. It's not an afterthought. It's purposeful. And maybe that's your challenge. Maybe that's your challenge this week is to look at it and say to yourself, why am I this way? And what is it helping me to be better at? What is it helping me to do? that I have not maybe figured out, that I have not been in alignment with? How does this make my journey on this planet unique or important? What am I doing with it? How am I changing my experience, people around me's experience? Because the mind and the spirit and the body are one. 
And they're all working together to try to bring you into an alignment with what you're doing here and how you can do it best for you, not for the world. Everyone's always looking for their purpose. Just focus on you for five minutes. I love this so much. And I so appreciate you all being here and paying attention and, you know, doing this with me. I have a really exciting, um, I have a really exciting series coming up that kind of talking about this. I've posted um, on some social media sites, actually all my social media sites, talking about um, discussing body issues. I actually have my doctor coming on to talk about weight loss. She is a weight loss specialist. She's only one of 400 in the entire United States, I think it is, um, that is a weight loss specialist in the way that she is. I have some people that have struggled with bulimia, um, being overweight, um, partners of people that are on Ozempic and their struggles, people that have lost pounds and pounds and pounds with um, diet drugs. And so I'm going to be bringing those people all on. I believe it looks like um, in November it's going to start. And so if you're interested in weight journeys of people, how they're losing weight, what that looks like, how it's worked for them, or how they've struggled with um, not being able to gain weight and what the trauma is around that, that series will be starting um, in November and going through December. I'm super excited about that um, series. Um, if you haven't checked out mnsky.com, uh, it is a clothing rental. Um, it's a clothing rental website. I'm obsessed. I love it. No free shipping, free first month, um, free dry cleaning, never dry clean a thing ever again. It's affordable. It's 50 to $80 a month. You can gift it to yourself. You can gift it to others. It is great. I love it. I've been wearing the clothes. Um, it's just, it's great. Like be the, be the person that ends fan fast fashion, like be a part of the movement. The number one filler of landfills is clothing. People clothing number one landfill filler. It's awful. So the more we can rent or reuse or recycle or upcycle clothing, the better go to any, you know, big store. They are filling that thing five times a year with that many clothes and it just goes into landfills. So the more we can use places like emandsky.com and rent clothing, especially when you're going like, I lost 33 pounds. I don't even fit into the clothes that I wore three months ago. I'm loving the idea of like renting, especially dresses and skirts and pants that do and don't fit on a daily basis. So um, they also have maternity. So if you're going through a weight loss journey or you just like switching it up, check out M and sky.com. That's E M A N D S K Y dot C O M. Check it out. I will see you guys all here next week. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it as always. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.